following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast on the BICBP Radio Network with your hosts, EZD Derek Jaws, T-Wave Taylor Sekaterski, Big Diesel Nick Yelich, Bold Claim Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I, as always, am EZD, and I'm here with my good friend from the two-point conversation. Let's call him Maverick, Matt Johnson. Matt, what's up, buddy? Uh, Oh, nothing, my friend. Uh, Thanks for having me on again. It's been a little while. How are you? It has been a little while. It's good to have you. Good to hear your voice. You know, feels like we just did this about 12 hours ago, but... Did, uh, yeah, just about pretty it much. Was, <laughs> it might also, as well have been. It was also something a little different. So a little different. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you back. It's good to have you on the show as always. You know, people helping people, doing the cool stuff. Absolutely, it's how we roll around here at the network. Yeah, you know, and it always seems like when we do stuff together, things work better. Yeah. Yep. I. Uh, yeah, it does. We gotta take care of each other. So sure do. That's the way it's got to be. So uh, I brought my man Matt in because uh, if you guys have been paying attention, which if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you've at least kind of been paying attention. We've been doing our uh, division previews on Hats, Tats, and Stats here. And, uh, you know, we brought in Poe, my buddy, uh, who's a big Saints fan, to do the NFC whatever yeah there you go yes. <laughs> it, it's it's early when we're recording this so it is very my, early my, my brain is not happy with me currently <laughs> but uh yeah so we brought him in to do the nfc south um we did the afc north or something i don't know we did we did one of the afc divisions last episode again my brain's not working um so we are moving on and we have the uh AFC South, and, yes, and my buddy Matt here, who is not only on the two point conversation, but is one of the guys from Colts fans in Bills Land. Uh, we brought him in to talk about his squad in his division, and yeah. uh, you know, bringing some expertise. <laughs> yeah, like I, I told you before, we got on air. I was like, I'm glad we waited on this one because you know, it's always it, Colts off seasons are so humbling. At least the last like <laughs> ten, like five to ten years, they've been like very very humbling so i'm glad that we get to do this and it's updated and i don't get to sound like a cocky prick colts fan which i try to be as humble as i possibly can but so but yeah it's been an eventful week for uh you you are more colts you are more than allowed to sound like a cocky colts fan (laughs) uh because that's kind of how we roll on this show yeah so yeah um, i don't i listen i got nothing in the tank right now i like it it, as far (laughs) as like enthusiasm for the season you know everything that's that went on this week it's like it put me back a few pegs because here i have like like on our own show we just we just got through our division by division previews it's like yeah the colts got this 13 14 win team carson could rebound if he does his team's in a good spot and now i'm just like we're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> now, now I get, if we don't have a quarterback, I don't think this is a playoff team in the slightest bit. And it's like, it's, it's heartbreaking because I'm going back to Indianapolis in December and like I'm taking my, my co-host there 
we're, we're going. We got front row seats. Uh, <laughs> and I still want to go. We're still going to go. There's no doubt about it. But it's just, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, like, I just, I'm not, in th- I'm like, this has got just something bad juju written all over it. So, so you're saying you don't want my Col- my Bills Colts tickets later this year? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah i think we're leaning towards no so if you have another person that maybe hates the colts um and loves the buffalo bills i i highly recommend you get selling them the tickets sounds sounds good to me buddy <laughs> i so, do appreciate the offer still however so i'm not gonna lie uh last year i i kind of chuckled about the philip river signing and a lot of people did then you know he surprised me and i learned a lot about him because to me rivers was always kind of like cocky asshole um, which is so weird because he's super like religious it's weird how that works right he's this wholesome guy who doesn't swear but he somehow finds a way to be it he would be a great movie villain yes (laughs) like like in a kid's movie yes (laughs) oh my god we got it Cut that! We got to save this. We can't tell anybody about this. We're gonna make a we're gonna make a movie about Philip Rivers being a villain or something. Uh, listen, next time we do a crossover show, it's gonna be casting a movie with NFL players. <laughs> oh God, yes, please, yes, please. Uh, but yeah, so you know, and he he won me over last year. You know, yeah. seeing him a little bit more, um, and especially it was actually the special they did on Rivers prior to the Bills Colts playoff game. And he's hard. He's a hard guy not to like, um, right. you know, and then like reports come out. I'm pretty sure it was, J, it was JJ Watt or some prolific defensive end, uh, was telling a story about rivers. And he was like, yeah, he goes, my, my favorite story about this guy is we come up and we line up and he goes, and he looks at my, my one linebacker and tells him he's lined up wrong for the blitz <laughs> we're about to run. And I look behind me and he's Right. He goes, and then the play they like, he checked into something, and the play they ran went to the spot where the linebacker should have been had he been lined up the right way. Yeah. And he's like, the dude was just on another level. Um, you know, of course, amazing. that was, yeah. that was just a, a, a one year, a one year thing because yeah. Mr. Rivers rode off into the sunset. I have now, a theory about that. I have okay. a theory about that. I think that the Colts phased him out to get Carson. Ooh. I do. It's a spicy take, but I know that's what we do here. It it is true. I've said this on my own show a couple times now. Uh, Philip Rivers said he wants he would he would make it more than a one year deal if the Colts wanted him back. And the way he played last year, what reason would the Colts not want to have him back? Unless it was to get a player far younger who they can have as a franchise guy. So my guess is that after that playoff game, they you know they said they were going to regroup in a month and think about it. My guess is that they knew things were tumultuous with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, and like, hey Phil, you know where you can go out and retire. We're going to go get Carson Wentz. That's that's my theory, right right now, and uh, and uh, is it karma? If it's true, is it karma? I I don't know. I, I it could be it could be karma if it's true. I don't know if it's karma, but with how religious Rivers is, it might be someone else. Like <laughs> divine some, someone divine else. intervention. Yeah, someone else may have had a hand so, in that one. I'm like, I'm really thinking right now. I'm like, man, how cool would it be if Philip came back? But I'm like, why? What reason would he have to? <laughs> He's probably comfortable in his head coaching job down in Alabama. And even if he, even if the Colts like did, if they did spurn him, why would he want to come back? Right. 
Like, nah, you, 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 you put, you pushed me out because you wanted this kid. Now this kid got hurt. Like, yeah, sorry. Even though ninety percent of the fan base knew that already, right? So uh, obviously, <laughs> we've touched on the biggest, the biggest move of the offseason for the Colts being Mr. Carson Wentz. And if you've been living under a rock, uh, he hurt his foot and yeah. is out for an indetermined amount of time but will probably miss at least part of the season. Yeah, they're talking. It could be, um, I think it's anywhere from the first month, which is horrible considering who the Colts have in that first month stretch. I know they have Seattle, the Rams. I think Miami and I think Miami, Baltimore, and Tennessee, those first five weeks. And those are like that. That's I mean, two the NFC ones aren't really the biggest deal, but yo, those are the three of the biggest AFC opponents you're gonna get. So, you know, if if that's the case, there's also a legit case that he is done for the season. Yeah, this is Liz. Liz, I think it's Liz Frank. I think they call it. It's an 11 month recovery time. Ooh, and that would I mean that'd put him out until. Almost, I mean, almost next season. Yeah, that's. I mean, we're and talking then it's like late June, early July of next year. Yeah, so I mean, everyone, I, I know a lot of optimists when it comes to this situation. They're like, oh, hey, well, we don't have to give up a first round pick to Philadelphia, and while that may be true, I'm just like, I'm so sick of this. Like, oh, this next is oh, maybe next year, kind of mentality, right? I mean, you as a Bills fan, listen, I I know it became frustrating. I know it became frustrating. When, you know, our, oh, next year we'll get our guy. Oh, next year we'll get our guy. And 17 years later, it you know, it it, it, it went on. And it's just, I, don't, I can't do the whole next year thing because this team is so young and so talented. And I just, I mean, they, it, they've got, it, here, and here's the worst part. Like, at least, like, looking back, we were, like, blindly optimistic for the Bills. You yeah. look at some of those teams, and they were okay. You look at some of the, like, but some of the teams that we were optimistic about, and some of the teams that like we felt good about, even at the start of the year, would go in like two and zero or three and zero to start. Yeah, Th- those were not good football teams, right? But we, yeah, like, I remember. I remember. Was it was it Lossman? They went like five and zero. Lossman or uh, Trent Edwards? Edwards. Trent Edwards. I think it was my senior year of high school, like oh eight oh nine. Um, yeah, they went started off the season like five and zero. Then Edwards got hurt and they just fell off a cliff, and it's like, but yeah. But I mean that the aspiration there was just man, let's get in the playoffs, you know. And that's that. I mean, at that time, that was a good aspiration to have, right? But it, it, but again, like the whole next year, next year. I mean, there were some decent teams. There were some decent teams. And um, this Colts and team makes. is better than every single one of them, and it's not close, right? Like, yeah, they're they're on the cusp. One of, yeah, one of the best defenses in the league. A young receiving core. One of the best running backs in the league. Uh, oh, it's what, it's up there with well, the I think top five backfield. I would say right well, now. I mean, no, I don't think anybody has the one, two, three punch that they have. No, no. I mean, Marlon Mack's looking really great in camp too, and I was very I mean, happy that they brought him back. And he was a stud before they got Taylor. Yeah, like he was their feature guy. He was a top. I would say pushing toward a top five guy in the league. Yeah, you know, Hines is a special talent that can do just about anything. And then you got Taylor and Mac, and Mac. Like, what? Uh, you have a legitimate, legitimate contender, and Carson Wentz goes down. Yep. And then you look at like, um, so I have their their offseason moves pulled up here, and so Wentz gets hurt. 
they lost Brissett. Rivers retired. Yep. Oh, who, so so who's your quarterback guy? Jacob Eason, second-year quarterback, Jacob Eason. He was a fourth-round draft pick last, last year, and he's having a rough camp. So um, <laughs> so right now, Eason's probably the guy. Um, I don't think they're going to make a move for a vet. I think they're going to let it ride out, which at this point, I don't blame them, but I'm also a little furious um, at the same time. They just drafted Sam Ellinger out of Texas. Right. Uh, this past year, six round pick. He's pretty good uh, from what I've seen. And they signed uh, Brett Hundley, who was Aaron Rodgers backup for some time and filled in for Aaron that season where I think he broke his collarbone right, uh, right. a couple years ago. So uh, I, I posted. Cause I, I mean, I'm all about like laughing at just horrible situations because I'm the kind of person where I if I if I don't laugh, I'll cry. But I'll get out cry. Like people will be like, "Why are you laughing at this?" I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry if, if, <laughs> if, if it does, you know, if it happens away, you know, I'm going to cry, and I don't want to cry right now, so I'm just gonna laugh through my pain. I made a video about. Uh, there's the one me- video meme of the guy. He's laughing like really hard as he's sitting back into his car, and he's like, "I'm like, oh, this is, this has got Jacoby Brissett written all over it," you know, and like. It's so funny and it's so ironic and such a punch to the gut because I was like, I do not want Jacoby as a starting quarterback. Like, I don't want him. Like, every time they brought him in last year, like, not every time. There's a couple times last year where they brought him in for certain special plays and it just did not go well at all. And I'm just like, I do not want to see Jacoby Brissett in a Colts uniform ever again. Right now, on August 1st at 7.59 a.m., I wish I had Jacoby Brissett <laughs> on our roster right now. Holy Christ! Um, yeah, so yeah. The uh, the interesting side about the whole Jacoby Brissett thing for me is you you look at it and you say, okay, they brought him in for special plays. Now, yeah, were they bringing him in for special plays that were a different look for the entire offense, and it just didn't work for him, or were they bringing him in just to spell Rivers from time to time? And well, you know, yeah, cause, cause that's really, a good point. because like for me, you know, it would like if you look at the Saints, they would bring in uh Hill and he he's so electric at his style of play that it, it's it's tough to change your mindset from defending Drew Brees to defending him. Oh, for sure. But the question is when he like if he runs it all the time, does it still work as well? Um you know, and with Brissett, if you're running, if you're trying to run like a specific style of offense and he's just not great at it, uh, maybe you should just let him run a normal offense because he showed he can kind of do that when he was in New England. Right. No, I, I 100% agree that what they were doing with Jacoby last year is that they let, um, you know, for those who don't watch many Colts games, they would bring him in on short yarded situations, one, like third, not third, like fourth and one, fourth and two. Uh, in the opponent in an opponent's territory, and they'd have him usually do a QB sneak, or they'd have him fake it and run off to the side like he was Lamar Jackson or something. I don't know, but it was actually like there was a couple like for the most part it worked, but there was just a couple like bad occurrences where the defense was like, yeah, we're not falling for that crap. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, wouldn't it have been cool if they had switched up the style of offense for Jacoby? I don't think Jacoby was a terrible quarterback. No. The, it's just he had some limitations. All right. He had some he's he's 
I didn't hate the Jacoby run, but he did get hurt. Um, you know, he, he did get hurt, and that completely changed the game. He was right up there on passing touchdowns with Patrick Mahomes the first half of the season. And then Quentin Nelson got shoved right out into, into his leg, and that was it. I was like, oh, here we go. The Brian Hoyer era has begun. But, yeah, the, if they would have, like, did something that, that played to his strengths, um, you know, and obviously Jacoby could do stuff that Phillip couldn't do. Jacoby has a really strong arm. You know, Philip Philip Rivers' arm strength is you know obviously deteriorated a little bit, and Jacoby was a mobile quarterback. So I I think that those are cool, but there was also other stuff that they could have did that you know would have helped his case out a little bit more. And yeah, right now I definitely I definitely miss Jacoby, but I you got to be careful what you ask for. <laughs> no kidding. Um, you know, so looking through the rest of their offseason moves here, um, they re-signed T.Y. Hilton. They brought over Eric Fisher. Yep. Um. They lost it to Nico Autry to the Titans, which losing a guy in division is tough. It's tough. I don't like the way that the Titans are using Nico though. They're putting a, having him drop back in a pass coverage, and that's uh, that's yeah. weird to me. That's that's strange for a, right. He's a, he's a DN, I think. Yeah, he's an edge guy. Yeah, yeah. And they have him dra- dropping a coverage. There's, there's a video of Rabel having him dropping a coverage. I'm just like, oh god. Yeah, Why we'll do, uh, do that. We'll we'll get to the Titans when oh, we get yeah. to the Titans because I have thoughts, but. Um, Lost Malik Hooker to the Cowboys, yep. which they probably needed it, but uh, resigned, you know, resigned Xavier Rhodes, uh, Brandon Smith. They brought over Chris Reed from the Panthers. They lost uh, LaRaven Clark to the Eagles, Tavon Wilson to the Niners, brought back TJ Carey. Um, Justin Houston just signed with the uh, with the Ravens yesterday too. Okay, oh, on Saturday, this. excuse me. Yeah, so the, this isn't updated yet. So, um. Four million dollars too, not bad for uh, a decent edge rusher. That's not right. bad. And, and I mean, and that's that's the Ravens' mo is just throw money at every defensive lineman you have because yeah. they they understand they can't not have a lead because they're not going to win if they don't. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, we've seen that before. Uh, Chaz Green went to the Steelers. Joey Hunt resigned. They brought over Isaac Rochelle. Oh God, Sean Dave, uh, Sean Davis, Andrew Brown. Uh, they lost Trayman Smith to the Texans again. Another, uh, another end division move there. Um, brought over Malik Jefferson, re-signed Taylor Stallworth. Brought over Antoine Woods, Julian Davenport. They lost Anthony Walker to the Browns. Resigned Mo Ali Cox, Zach Pascal, and Alquadin Muhammad. Yep. Uh, brought over Sam Tevy. Resign, oh. resign Marlon Mack, like we said. Yeah, uh, that was that was probably that made me that was probably my favorite offseason moves that they got him as low as they did. Only two million dollars a year. They they thought that he was you know, Marlon's going to want a big deal somewhere else. They brought him back for two million. He wanted to be back here, right? And I th- I think he wanted to a be part of it and b prove that you know I still got it. I mean, you're right. coming off an injury. You know, it's yeah, a hard, leg injury nonetheless, hard. which a running back is is horrible. But yeah, I respect that. That's such a power move, in my opinion. There's so many guys who come off injury and they're always looking for like top down. And this guy's like, well, yeah, maybe Jonathan Taylor is the guy now, but I still want to go out there so I can still move and maybe earn a couple more bucks the following season. Right. You know, you're, you're so he's playing for next year essentially. Yeah. Um, signed kicker Eddie Pinero from the Bears. Who didn't play at all last year? Um, <laughs> George Odom. They re, then they resigned and Ashton Doolin. Yeah. So I mean, a couple couple big moves there. You know, a couple couple big 
more, more, right? more big re-signings than anything. Yeah, I was happy about guys back. I was mostly happy to, happy about the re-signings. The Ty one, I'm worried that that's going to blow up in our face too, because we all know that Ty is not a wide receiver one anymore. He hasn't been in a couple years, but the fans wanted him back. So we all thought that this year is going to be magical. Like bring him back. He came in, I think, for oh, nine, ten million, and Jim Irsay had to step in. It's like, oh, Chris, we're we're doing this. We're doing uh, this thing. It was eight. My yeah. apologies. So, um, so like Jim Irsay had to step in and tell Chris Bauer that hey, we're we're bringing him back because he wanted to go. He was looking at Miami. He was looking at Baltimore. Um, the fans literally had a Twitter campaign to bring Ty back home, and it, it worked, which is really cool. Um, so I hope that all that all pans out. But the Marlon Mack one was good. Xavier Rhodes being re-signed was made me happy. Um, but I was actually very like overall like relatively disappointed in in the Colts offseason. I kind of I kind of was like the, the free there's like no free agent like no huge free agency moves. Yeah, I mean and, the the biggest move was you know keeping some of your better you know perceivably better guys. Yeah. Um, you know with the young talent that they have at right wide receiver. I don't think you know you don't need T.Y. Hilton, but it's nice to have a vet in the room, right? You know, the the last remaining piece of a guy who played with uh, Reggie Wayne, probably. Yeah, yeah, that was so. that was the conversion. It was it went from Harrison to Wayne to to T.Y. Now it's the all eyes are on Pittman. Yeah, so I mean, I I get that, but I mean, when you would when you don't have that that oh my god move, it's tough to be it, it's tough to be happy with stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that's coming from a Bills fan who, you know, we don't we don't really do the oh, my God move unless but when we do, it's huge. Yeah. Like, like digs. Yes. So like this year, we didn't really have an oh, my God move. Um, but like, I think the digs move covers our oh, my God move for the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. So. The Bills are in a good, good place. And I think the Colts were as well, where you didn't have to make that big splash signing. You have to make that make the, like Carson Wentz is probably the biggest move of the offseason. Right. You know, sh- trading, trading for, for Carson. Um, but yeah, that, that was like, the, it was a good position that the Bills and the Colts were in this year, especially in the draft, too, where they didn't have to go and take the big name. They didn't have to take the surprising, this key, like, offensive weapon that's going to be like, okay, this is going to put us over the edge. It was, a, it was actually relatively nice to see, see those teams in that position. Yeah, and then you know you look through Indy's draft, picking up Quiddy Pay, who there was a lot of good things said about him coming out of Michigan. Yep. On uh, the first, the second, they took Deo Odeyingbo. You actually which, nailed that pronunciation, I think. Good job. Uh, yeah, listen, I just <laughs> won it, so <laughs> I just Deo Odeyingbo wingoed it. <laughs> but uh, defense, Deanne from Vanderbilt, Kalen uh, Granson, tight end from SMU, Sean Davis, safety from Florida. Uh, as you said, uh, Sam Ellinger, the quarterback from Texas, which was a com- uh, compensatory pick. Yeah. Uh, seventh round pick, wide receiver Mike Strachan. Strachan? Strachan, yeah. Strachan from Charleston. And then Will Fry's offensive tackle at Penn State. And I, you know, f- offensive lineman late in the draft to me makes all the sense in the world. I don't know how many times you find a guy six, seven, five, six, seven round that sticks out on your team that's not an offensive lineman, right? So no, that's true. I, that was our issue back in the Andrew Luck era was that Grigson would try and find his starters that late, where Chris Ballard's finding depth 
in those in those those late rounds. That that was <laughs> that was that's a big difference in philosophy between our last uh, for between our current GM and our last GM. So yeah, the, the draft was all right. You know, I'm excited for Quiddy. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Deo is not even probably not even going to be able to play this year from injury stuff. Um, but I'm really excited for that Kylan Granson out of SMU. He's a really good tight end. And uh, the Colts system traditionally has in, enjoyed using their tight end. There's never, we never had like a tight end one around the league. Like like Dallas Clark. It's been a while since we've had a Dallas Clark. Like Jack Doyle's still there. He's not bad. Moelle Cox is very good. A um, little underutilized, but this Kylan Granson, I guess, is supposed to be an instant like game changer. So uh, we need a fresh look at our tight end spot, too. So that's, that's pretty nice. Yeah. And, you know, ad- adding a guy that can do that, again, just adds another piece to the puzzle. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, tight ends are usually, you know, huge in the play action game and stuff like that. With the backfield that the Colts have, it's going to be tough not to, uh, you know, not to utilize that. For sure. For sure. So. Uh, so that's our, uh, that's our Colts preview there moving on. Probably one of the most interesting off seasons this year has been Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I mean, this list of ex- like this, their off season moves, not including the draft is extensive. Um, they brought in everyone. <laughs> I'm very excited for Jacksonville's future. And, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those guys who like, oh, they're in division screw them, but Yo, I'm actually I'm 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 very excited for what Jacksonville has on the table. I'm concerned about Urban Meyer as their head coach, but I think otherwise they've done a very good job of kind of getting this team back on track. Listen, I loved, loved, loved the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars. I loved that defense was so much fun, and then I could not believe how far it dropped off in a season. You know, I do not love the 2017 Jaguars. <laughs> oh yeah, you have you have a personal beef. And that's fine. That's but, fine. But my thing with them is like that's the definition of how far an elite defense can carry you. Yeah. Because they made the AFC Championship game. Blake got yeah, we got to give Blake Bortles credit, which is hard to say. Because he, he actually played very good football that last stretch, he that did. last half of the season. And the thing with him was he beat, so he beat the Bills with his feet. Yeah. And then he won the next game with his arm. Yeah, he beat he, the piss out of Pittsburgh in the play. Yeah, that second yeah. round, I think. Yeah, yep. he had he had almost 150 yards on the ground against Buffalo. And I was there. So I was in stupid Duval. Hey, that's, is, that's one of my favorite stadiums. I got a swimming pool. Okay, That's pretty the, cool. the, the stadium is cool. The city of Jacksonville is, uh, I will reserve judgment for when we're not recording. <laughs> but it, they have the dumbest chant ever. Like, they cheer for their county. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's a good point. I never but, even really realized what Duval was, but now it all makes sense. Yeah, it's Duval County. And they just do all like, and I, I, when, when I left that game, if I never heard the word Duval ever again, <laughs> it would be too soon. Yeah. But, oh yeah. So <laughs> obviously the, like one of the biggest splashes there is they had the first overall pick and they brought in urban Meyer 
Yep. Um, so going down the list here, they brought back uh, Andrew Norwell, their left guard. They got Marvin Jones from the Lions. They got Malcolm Brown from the Saints. They, is it the Saints or the Rams? Uh, the, it says the Saints. Malcolm, is that running back or is that a different position? Uh, inside in, interior defensive line. Oh, okay, my fault. My apologies. Uh, they lost Keenan Cole to the Jets. Yeah. They brought in Roy Robinson Harris, the interior defensive lineman from the Bears. Damian Wilson, the linebacker from the Chiefs. Carlos Hyde, the running back from the Seahawks. Oh, I love Carlos. Uh, they lost L. Woods to the Seahawks. They lost Chris Conley to the Texans. They re-signed Cam Robinson. They lost Rasheen Melvin to Rashawn Melvin, sorry, to the Panthers. Brought back Tyler Shatley. What a name, Shatley. Jesus. <laughs> uh, they brought over Pharaoh Cooper from the Panthers. They uh, they lost Mike Glennon. What a what a. Oh, that's so bad. My so favorite Brachios, my favorite Brachiosaurus. <laughs> yeah, that man, his neck is impeccable. Uh, brought in, he, he looks like a pest dispenser. <laughs> he, he does, doesn't he? God, that's got to be a graphic we put up. <laughs> Remember when he when uh, was it Tampa or no Chicago paid him like forty five million dollars? Do you remember that a couple years ago? That it was the same year they drafted Trubisky. Oh yes. my god, so good. Uh, they brought uh, they, they brought in Chris Manhurts, the tight end for the Panthers. They re-signed James O'Shaughnessy. They lost Josh Oliver. A lot of tight end movement there. Uh, yeah. Or they brought in. Oh, sorry. They lost Josh Oliver to the Ravens. Brought in Philip Dorsett from the Seahawks. Jaheed Ward from the Ravens. Uh, Josiah Scott went to the Eagles. They re-signed Dwayne Smoot. What a oh, God, so many good names on this list. This is the all-time name team. Yeah, they brought in uh, Laquan Treadwell from the Falcons. Lost Karan Reed to the Panthers. Resigned Adam Godsis. Jesus names, all the names. They they brought in CJ. It's Bethard, but it says B third. Yeah, third. I've always called him B third. I think it is B third though. It it. Yeah, it's definitely beat hard. CJ beat hard. Former from San Francisco great legend. <laughs> uh, lost Greg Maven to the Titans. Uh, Eric Saubert, another tight end, went to the Broncos. Brought in Shaquille Griffin from the Seahawks. Lost D.D. Westbrook to the Vikings. Brought in Rashawn Jenkins from the Chargers. Lost Joe Giles Harris to the Bills, which Jaws says who. Um Quentin Meeks went to the Titans, re-signed Daniel Ross, Sidney Jones, uh, brought in Cha- Chappelle Russell, linebacker from the Bucks. I mean, if you're going to get a linebacker, that's probably a team to take one from, even though he didn't really play. Yeah. Um, re-signed Josh Jones and Dare Ugabole. I think I Ugunbole. There we go. Ugunbole, yeah. Uh, Jamal Agnew came from the Lions. They got Rudy Ford from the Eagles, and then Logan Cook, Derwin Gray, Trey Herdon, and Dakota Allen all re-signed with the team. That is a long list, and I skipped a long list. I skipped anybody who didn't have a destination. Right? Did I mean? Do we mention Tebow? Uh, Tebow came out of retirement and signed as a tight Tim, end. He did, and, and from what I hear, he's doing pretty well down there. Listen, that dude is an absolute workhorse. Um, his work ethic is very inspiring. I know people love the shit all over Tim Tebow. 
But listen, this dude has done it all. He went football. He played baseball down in Binghamton for the Rumble Ponies. The Rumble was, Ponies. The Rumble Ponies. He is uh, a Rumble Pony. He is a Rumble Pony. As you just call him the Rumble Pony, Tim Tebow. Um, and he, he's working back. He's in great shape. And oh from God, what I hear, huge. he's doing he's doing really well. So like, I'm happy. He's not sitting there crying about not having a job. He just goes out there and gets it. And I love the spirit of Tim Tebow. I mean, talk about a dude who has had the most uncanny of professional sports careers. Yeah, like for sure. National champion, Heisman Trophy winner, drafted to the NFL, and everyone's saying, like, this dude's got to change positions. He's not a quarterback. And then he goes and wins a playoff game. Yep. It was the only reason I think he got the only reason why I know the only reason I think he got moved on from is because Peyton Manning was out there. Yeah, I think Tim Tebow might have still been. I wouldn't say still to this day, but I think Tim Tebow would have had a little bit extra stretch if Peyton Manning wasn't on the open market. So, um, but then he so he he washes out of football as a quarterback, decides he wants to play baseball, which he was a dual sport athlete in college. Yeah, and hits well enough to get as high as double A, which uh, actually he may have gotten into triple A at one point, and he. Like people, oh, he's not good enough. He's he's only up there because you know he hit two something. Um, like he hit two and change in whatever the highest level he got to. Yeah, like and that's not easy to do. Like no, it when you've been out of this, of a certain sport for so long to come back and do. I mean, like I said, I'm not the biggest baseball guy, and all that's more your forte, but. Oh, it's getting dark here. I don't know if you're playing baseball later today. <laughs> it's getting real dark over here. Um, <laughs> but it, it, I mean, kudos to Tebow. He, he's he's flexible. He's adjustable. He he want he he's like I said, he's worked for everything he's gotten. Uh, worked really really hard. He's out there, you know, grinding. He was doing college game day coverage. I yeah. think while doing while playing baseball, I mind mean, he you, had, he had a three year career in the minors. He hit two twenty three total. Yeah. Like, and he hit 163 at for the Syracuse uh, Sky Chief, so he did make it to AAA. And like 163 isn't going to get it done. And that was like his. You know, they left him on the team for a while, and like people are like, "Oh, it's bringing money to the Mets organization." Yeah, great. If like, listen, you could plug the average dude who played some college baseball into AAA right now, and he'd hit 002. Tim Tebow hit 163, and he's better than you. Get over it. Now this dude decides, I'm going to go hit the weights. I'm going to start learning a route tree, and I'm going to go play tight end for an NFL football team. Yep. And he's, he was he had the highest-selling jersey for a little while. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been an interesting ride. Interesting ride. I'm excited for Tebow's journey. I think he's going to make the final cut. From what I hear, he's doing very well. Yeah, so, I mean, I saw I, he's, he's not a novelty anymore. No, he's not some. It's not some novelty act. Just to, you know, it, it's been very quiet. It's been quiet but positive on like the side of the the, the whole T ball thing. He's like not trying to be a distraction. He's just going out there and playing ball, and it's so cool. Like guys are willing to help him. Like there's tight ends around the league that were trying to help him learn the game. There, there's something uncanny about him, and you know, you, we like one of the things that we we don't talk enough about is the intangibles of a player, right? That dude is just a winner. Yeah. I mean, again, we, we just talked about he's got a playoff win as a quarterback in the most uncanny way possible. But whatever this dude is doing, he ha- he first off, he inspires people around him. Just yep. absolutely inspires people. 
And second, he just finds ways to get wins. Yes. And that's like that's something you can't measure. It's such a hard thing to determine or measure. It's a, it's a character thing. It, yeah. It's just who he is as a person. And I adore it. I mean, he did it a Kardashian for a little bit, right? I think so, which is weird because that's it's just a, that very just very strange. Weird. Normal, yeah, yeah. It is strange, but and, and he, you know what though? If I gotta double check this, but if he did and came out the same person. That dude deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, the Kardashians have ruined a lot of lives. So, Tebow Kardashian. He, she turned down Kim Kardashian, allegedly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Kim Kardashian apparently has her sight sets on Denver Broncos quarterback Tim Tebow, but the devout Christian isn't interested. Oh, okay. That's what it was. So, good for him. Yeah, because listen, that's that's the ticket. Okay? That is the ticket. Oh yeah. Tom Tom Brady wrote that playbook. Date a date someone who makes more money, like be with someone who makes more money than you. You can take pay cuts to get better team people on your team. Yes. And become a legend. So good for good for Tim Tebow. Good for Tim Tebow. And, and now on top of the Uber interesting Tim Tebow stuff on top of the uber interesting offseason the Jags have had, which I think has been one of the better offseasons. There weren't a lot of big moves, but there were a lot of moves to address a lot of issues. Uh, be it be it a depth problem, be it a you know filling like finding guys to fill, keeping the guys you wanted to keep around. I mean, Jacksonville has been a dumpster fire since 2017. Correct. They they have gotten rid of, but they've gotten rid of a lot of problem child. There that was a talented team that all. Every prima donna, every problem child in the league went to, and they started yeah. getting rid of that. Yeah, they phase out that entire 2017 team is like gone. Yeah, Leonard Fournette's with Tampa Bay. Jalen Ramsey's with the Rams. Um, oh, there's so many other ones too. I think Calais Campbell was on that team. Yes, yes, and Gakwe. Those yep. guys are all gone. Blake Bortles had a job for a little bit, then Aaron Rodgers came back, and he got he got. Yeah, released. <laughs> so you know, it's 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 one of the oh god, are the Colts gonna sign Blake Bortles. Yes, they are. Anyways, uh, <laughs> or or they're, or they're gonna go get my boy Brock Osweiler. Oh, he, he's retired, but I, I you don't you don't know. <laughs> we don't know. I did a text exchange with him one time, so oh, um, so that was pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, that entire 2017 team is gone. They're elsewhere. They're elsewhere. They're not signed to a team, but they are not with the Jacksonville Jaguars currently. And, and dudes who had good showings during that time, like haven't done a ton. Calais Campbell, kind of a fall. He's bounced players. around a couple teams. I think he's bounced uh, around a couple teams. Not nearly as much as Yannick Ngakwe has. No. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, his, is, he's still he's still a good corner, but you know he's not as feared as he was when he was the trash talk champion of the league. Right. But when, when a couple people shut you up specifically, like when Josh <laughs> Allen runs you over into the end zone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, on top on top of all of this, they add a Trevor Lawrence, who might be one of the most polarizing draft picks in recent memory. The dude's never lost a football game. Or sorry, he's never lost a, a regular season football game. Right. No, Trevor Lawrence is disgusting. They're they've been calling him the uh, um, the best prospect since Andrew Luck, which is a huge like I remember the Andrew Luck hype. Yeah, he was supposedly the best prospect since elway you know so that's a huge badge of honor for trevor lawrence he's got a, i like his approach to all this 
Um, he loves football. He's really good at football, but football doesn't define him as a person. Right. I, I, I really appreciate his approach. I think that's a nice laid back approach to all this. Some people get caught up in all the hype and stuff. I think that's the best way to go about it. Trevor Lawrence is coming to this thing with no, he has no pressure on himself. He's not listening to outside noise, but he is, you know, he does have expectations as a first overall draft pick. And I think he's going to do just fine. I think he's going to be just fine um, in Jacksonville. Like I said, the, my biggest concern was the urban Meyer thing, but yeah. Trevor Lawrence, if Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy like Andrew Luck, like John Elway, like a lot of these top talent quarterbacks are, he's going to elevate the team around him. Andrew Luck took a two and 14 team and put them at 11 and five and into the postseason his first year. Trevor, I don't know. I think that it's a daunting task for Jackson, for Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville this year, but it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up either in the hunt until like the later weeks or they found themselves as a seventh seed come postseason time. It would not surprise me. I'll, I'll tell you what, with the Colts uh, currently not having a quarterback, that daunting task just got a little bit easier. Oh, I, for sure it did. And listen, there's the AFC's stacked this year. Oh, my God. Right, I had trouble. So good this year. In my prediction, I had Baltimore missing the playoffs by like a like a like a game. All right. So that's it. If the Colts really fall off huge, if the wins thing is true. Um, and again, I don't know what I think this is going to be up Wednesday. Things could change by then. But, you know, it, there's it's a huge impact. That's a huge difference between there's a, there's a it does change everything. Yeah. The AFC South is already pretty wide open as it is. You know, we're gonna talk about Tennessee in a little bit, uh, but Jacksonville's one of the teams. They have nothing to lose right now, and they have a cake schedule. They have a fourth place team schedule. They have a legit shot at at, at doing something this year. Yeah, and then in one of the more interesting moves of the draft, they went and got uh, Mr. Lawrence's running back from college. Yeah, I was surprised about that, and brought him in. And now. They had one of the leading rushers in the league last year in an undrafted free agent. James Robinson is good. And then and, they added and then they added Travis Etienne to it. Yeah. Who was seen who was like people a lot of people had the Bills taking him as, you know, because he was I know, a I did. threat out of the lining uh, out of the backfield, stuff like that. The kind of running back that McDermott would want. And I didn't want to I don't I never want a running back in the first round. Ever. Yeah. Uh, if you're drafting a running back before the third, I think you're wasting a pick unless it's him nine steps back and everyone else like this is the only way. And that should be an instance of like, if he's a top five guy, there's no one else on the board worth a top five pick. Right. Or you like he falls to you and you're looking around going like there's nobody else. Like, that's it. Like that's, that's the true. only two re- only two reasons for me to take a running back that high. They did it, and you know what? I I appreciate the move because you're keeping that continuity in the backfield and adding it to an already good backfield. Yeah. If if they're I guess I'm not super familiar with college. Like I know of Urban Meyer, but I don't know what he likes to run. And um and like that move surprised me because I was like, oh man, there's they can get a wide receiver here. Um, like a tight, because they needed. Lord knows they needed wide receiver help, but they went and got a running back. And like after the year James Robinson had, it's like, really, really, that's what you're gonna go. James Robinson was a hidden gem last year in fantasy, oh, but God, they got yeah. a, another running back in ETN. And you know, I think there's a legit shot that this becomes a run first team again for a little while. Trevor Lawrence has the arm strength, the arm talent to be able to do it, but. Why not make it a little bit easier? They, they could have they, this could be one of the best backfields in the in the entire NFL if, if this pans out the way that we think. I'm not sure where Urban Meyer's head at, head is at, 
But listen, James Robinson running for over a thought. I think it was the third highest. had the third highest rushing yards. Yeah. Last year. On that team, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's no fluke. That's and, not a fluke. And again, how do you how do you take pressure off your rookie quarterback? Run no. the football a little bit more. Exactly. So, so I think I think this if I think they're gonna they're looking for a two headed monster in the backfield. So I'm liking what Jacksonville's got going on right now in that that direction. And then uh, second round they added Tyson Campbell, a corner corner from Georgia. Uh, another second round pick they added Walker Little, offensive tackle from Stanford. Uh, round three, Andre Cisco, safety from Syracuse. Round four, Jay Tufele. Tufele? Tufele? I think it's Tufele. Yeah. Uh, defensive tackle from USC. Um, another round four, Jordan Smith, linebacker from Alabama, Birmingham. For, uh, fifth round pick, Luke Farrell, tight end from Ohio State. Um, round six, Jalen Camp, wide receiver from Georgia Tech. And that rounds out their draft. So probably the the most interesting team on paper uh, in this division to me, just because there's so many new pieces. It's going to be interesting to see what they look like. I think, you know, especially playing a fourth place schedule, you might see you might see them push up just because people aren't going to know what to expect the first five or six games. Right. I mean, this is a team that has the is a brand new identity. Brand new identity to it. This is not the Jaguars of old. This is a new team, new direction, new roster, new lot of things. So um, they could surprise some people. For sure. Definitely could. Uh, moving moving up in the division here, we're uh, going to head to the to, uh, head up to Tennessee here. Uh, obviously, the, the two biggest moves were getting Julio from the Falcons and Bud Dupree from the Steelers. I mean, yeah, the Bud Dupree one was was like the first. I'm like, okay, that's a good move. They need defensive help, right? Lord knows they need defensive help. Um, Julio was like, oh, like to to an extent, I'm just kind of I'm like, uh, he gets hurt a lot. But, you know, when he's on the field, he's either going to be taking away targets. A.J. Brown is actually very criminally underrated. Oh, God. Yeah. Criminally underrated. Like he's a top 10 wide receiver in my in my estimation. And um and and yeah, he's just he's he's just that good. He's just that good. So um, you know, the Julio the Julio move definitely opens up things for Derrick Henry. It opens up things for AJ Brown. Uh Julio's not gonna I, I would be surprised if Julio is a thousand yard receiver again. Um especially in this offense, but he's that good. This he, move intrigues me just because you know the this team proved that when Derrick Henry doesn't run for a hundred and a half, they struggle. Right. Uh, that is true. And that's with a lot of people ranking Tannehill as a top ten quarterback these days. So, uh, you know, yes, you add another weapon, but again, I mean, there's only so many touches, and when you run the ball like they do because of the running back they have, that, I mean, you're not going to run the football and run an, a, a pace offense. So you're going to chew clock. There's only going to be so many touches to go around. Correct. So you're either taking the ball out of the hands of the best player on your offense or you're feeding him, and now this move what did, doesn't make a ton of sense. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Tennessee's been a, such a peculiar offense. I've been, I'm personally a big fan of the Ryan Tannehill um, resurgence, but there are obviously, like I said, if it, we've seen it last year in the postseason, right? Baltimore figured out how to slow down Derrick Henry, and that offense sputtered, right? It, it couldn't get anything done, so... 
Um, and that I don't think that was from a lack of wide receiver. Were the was their wide receiver core like boring? Yes, but um, but yeah. So there's a there's a lot of elements now. Julio is going to take a lot of pressure off of this run game, and I, I think this offense is really good. It, but Julio's biggest thing has always been health. Last five year, four or five years, health has been the biggest issue for Julio Jones, and um, you know that's going to play a big part. Is he if he's healthy? I think Tennessee could be one of the best offenses in the game. Uh, if he's not, well, they're in trouble. It's like, what, what? who do you commit to? If you're a defense playing against the t- this Tennessee Titans offense, what do you commit to? You're going to double cover Julio? You know, okay, so you're leaving, you're leaving, you know, you're pulling guys, you're pulling guys' eyes and awareness away from A.J. Brown. You're pulling guys and awareness away from Derrick Henry. You're going to double cover A.J. Brown, who is who was like a top. He was a top eight wide receiver, I think, last year or something like that. Yeah. You leave Julio open. He's a huge, deep threat. Still really, really talented. And you pull eyes off Derrick Henry. Do you commit everybody to Derrick Henry? Stopping Derrick Henry. Oh, well, you just left Julio and A.J. Brown open. This offense is scary. It is. It very much is. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's just one of those things that, to me, you still look at some of their most offensively dominant games yeah uh like their game against buffalo comes to mind but that game started with a a dropped ball pick or like a like drop ball tip ball no matter how you cut it um with you know andre roberts kind of hit him in the chest popped up intercepted and they're on they're in the red zone to start the game um you know it 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 was 14 nothing very quick and you're like holy shit look at this offense but it wasn't the offense it was you know the, the, the turnover there helped and stuff like that and you know, the, the games that they looked like world beaters last year were Derrick Henry running for 250 yards and right. helped by their defense. I don't know if adding just him changes them to the that world beater offense that we thought they were, but I, I'm excited to see them until they play me. <laughs> I think it makes it more competitive. But yeah, this is like, uh, I think this is like fourth or five year, four or five years straight. Where they're finding themselves playing Buffalo, they always seem to find you know, find a way to play Buffalo, and they're always really they're usually really really good games. Last year yeah. was bad, but in previous years with the the Mariota regime, they were always like one, two, three point games, mm-hmm. like real close. So I, I always get do get excited for Tennessee Buffalo games, but um, but yeah, it's uh, like I said, the health thing is always the biggest thing. Tennessee is such a just a they always come off as such a boring team. Yeah. Like in in a in a in their own respective way. They're 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 such a strange, peculiar uh football club, so to speak. Well, and and looking through the rest of these moves, um so they lost Clowney to the Browns, Butler yeah, to the Cardinals, Adam Humphreys to the football team. <laughs> uh they brought in Janoris Jenkins from the Titans, lost Daquan Jones to the Panthers. Lost Corey Davis to the Jets. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro is gone. They got Danico Autry, like you said, which you said you're not a fan of how they're using him, driving him into coverage. No, that's weird. Uh, they had two right tackles who are just they're listed not being with anybody, uh, both Dennis Kelly and Isaiah Wilson. They lost Adore Jackson to the Giants. Steven Guskowski's gone. They lost McCoyle Pruitt to the Niners. They brought in Kendall Lamb from the uh, from the Browns, Brian Hill from the Falcons, John Smith from the Patriots, Spencer Pulley from the Giants. They re-signed Ty Sambrelio, Sambrelio, uh, 
brought in Matthias Farley from the Jets. Jack Crawford is gone. They brought in Morgan Cox, who's a long snapper from the Titan yep. or, uh, from the Ravens. Lost Darren Bates, Matt Overton, Marshall Newhouse, Nick. Does does but just but I can't even say that fucking name. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and uh, Sonoris Perry are all gone. Uh, those guys don't have listed destinations, so they may just be unsigned or done. Yeah, uh, none of them really played a ton last year. I'm actually surprised about the Guskowski move. Yeah, like I know he's he has an injury history, but he played pretty good for Tennessee last year. Yeah, I agree. And as considering they lost to Buffalo the year before because they couldn't kick a field goal, yeah, or an extra point, right? Right, exactly. So, uh, brought over Justin March Lillard from the Cowboys, re-signed Jeff Swaim, lost Will Compton, brought in Woodrow Hamilton from the, the Panthers, re-signed Breon Borders, uh, brought over Greg Mabin from the Jags, brought over B.J. Bilo from the Chargers, Trayvon Cooley from the Jets, lost Trey Smith to the Vikings, Jonu Smith to the Patriots. That And that one hurts. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, that one hurts. They didn't uh, use him well. No, they didn't. I didn't like the way that they used him. So, yeah. Uh, Anthony, They lost Anthony McKitty. They lost Kareem Orr to the Rams, brought over Quentin Meeks from the Jags. Reynolds, Josh Reynolds from the Rams, uh, Chris Jones from the Vikings, lost to Ante Foreman, uh, brought over Kevin Peterson from the Cardinals, Kyle Pico from the Broncos, lost Khalif Raymond to the Lions, Desmond King to the Texans, re-signed Jalen Brown, or Jayon Brown, sorry, and Anthony Fersker, uh, lost Jameel Douglas to the Bills, Matt Dickerson to the Raiders, brought over Ola Sokami Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, an edge rusher from the Steelers, brought over Joshua Kalu from the giant or two they lost him to the giants uh re-signed carry blessing game uh Tuzar skipper what a name god uh, the all-name division yeah no kidding uh he's gone they brought over center patrick morris from the broncos and re-signed tucker mccann so another lengthy off-season list there from another team yeah tennessee had a decent off-season um Couple the, big splashes. A couple big splashes. The, the, some of their losses were a little wild. I, I didn't. Johnny Smith was was a tough loss, and I think Corey Davis too was was a uh, was a pretty surprise. Was a pretty surprising one because their wide receiver room is not like the most prolific, right? Right. So, um, but they were busy. They were busy. I honestly, I think I really like what Vrabel has done. Mike Vrabel has done with his opportunity at with Tennessee. He's done a very good job making smart decisions. You know, him pulling the plug on Mariota for Tannehill may go down as one of the, you know, the the, the highlights. Are, I mean, he's he had a lot of good highlights so far. I think this yeah. is his third or fourth year as a head coach. I think this will be his fourth year. And, you know, what a crazy run he's had. We had that run where they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game a couple years ago. Right. You know, him trolling Bill Belichick with the punt rule. And it was in the in the playoffs. No, I think it was no less. And it was just, oh, it was so good. But. Vrabel's had a good run. He's done a lot with a little, I think. So they never had this roster like a, you know, they never had this Patriots, Patriots-esque roster, but they're, listen, there was a long time where I did not take Tennessee. Oh, shoot. Man, that rain's coming down. There's never this point where I seen Tennessee like be this world-beating team. Like right? The roster top to bottom never like scared me. 
but they always find ways to get in the playoffs. They always find ways to win. They're a very resourceful team. And I think that's the Belichick pedigree that, you know, from is Vrabel's playing days there. So, um, so, you know, it, I, Vrabel to me is a top, in my opinion, he's one of my top, top five coaches like right now. I definitely have to give that to him. And the Marcus Mariota thing was always was interesting to me solely based on the fact that like that dude went to uh, the Raiders who have kind of been in, in flux, especially with Derek Carr, who sometimes looks like a world beater and sometimes looks like Nate Peterman. Yeah. And who's also on the Raiders. <laughs> right. And Mariota went there. And like, I'm sorry, you were a first round draft pick quarterback. You have starting experience in the league and you, you weren't terrible when you did like you were right. awful, but he goes there and he goes, I'm a backup. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here to, I'm here to support, to support car. I think how, how much did yeah. you want to play at that point? I'm right. Sorry, like, right. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like it. Right. I like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr gets a bad rap. I think he's a lot better than people. I don't think we've ever seen peak Derek Carr because of how terrible the Raiders franchise is. Like it's been, it hasn't been relevant since the eighties. All right. Sorry, Raiders fans, but that's how it is. But yeah, Marcus is really tapered up. He's never been exciting to me. No, like, there's been no pizzazz. He's, he reminds me of a worse Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. You know, but where but somehow, there's just, but somehow yeah. more athletic somehow it's so weird. It's so weird. Like Marcus Mariota has never had like that dominant season. We're like, Oh man, this is going to be the year he breaks out. You know, he was a, what, a number two overall pick, I think, yeah, in 2015, like 2016, something like that. And I've never seen pizzazz out of him. His biggest play, his biggest career move was a complete accident and throwing a touchdown pass to himself in that playoff game against the Chiefs. Legendary. It, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So, but, but that, that, that's it. So, you know, moving on for, for Ryan Tannehill, who's had injury history and, was with the Dolphins and and, and picking during the during yeah. some of the worst times of the Dolphins. Sorry, yeah. Andrew. No, I he hates Ryan Tannehill. I have a, I have a. I, I guess I appreciate Ryan. Ironically, I appreciate Ryan Tannehill more than uh, a lot of Dolphins fans do. But, um, but yeah, I mean that was a clutch move. That was really really good, and it ended up you know it, it ended up may, I think making this franchise relevant for you know I think that they have a nice five six year run in them with yeah. with, with like being a top end AFC. In NFL team in general, yeah. Until until you got to start paying a lot of people, you know, because they yeah. they're that's the big part is they're you know they got Tannehill on a prove it deal. Um, well, they extended him, but they actually layered the contract very very wisely. They, it's right. very very team friendly. So um, yeah, you know, so so until you got like you know Henry's still fairly young, um, you know, AJ Brown's going to need Brown's a contract young. extension soon. Yeah, you know, he's still on a rookie deal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You know, keeping those pieces in play is what's going to, you know, tell how long this team can keep it together. But right. Yeah. I, uh, and I'm not going to lie. If I was, if I was Andrew and a Dolphins fan, I would probably hate that my quarterback left and was a stud for somebody else that he wasn't for me too. became a top end. Oh, heck yeah. But uh, oh, heck I, also, yeah. I also blame your coaching staff and, you know, your front office for that because that's <laughs> their fault. A hundred percent. 100 percent. because if they could have put this kind of team on the like imagine Tannehill on the current dolphins i'm worried about division now 100 percent. isn't it crazy that they break it down and all of a sudden the dolphins are like legit like really good team that's yeah, a that's a uh, very good point and i mean to me the dolphins are like one maybe two pieces away yeah and two is having a really good camp from what i'm understanding 
really good camp. Yeah, and if but if you listen to the media last year, he was a world beater last year too. Yeah. I believe it when I see it. I I don't see it from him. I I um, I listen. I, I know he's not like a tier like, in, a, in a game of five tiers. He's not a tier two or one. But I watched this kid go toe to toe with the Kansas City Chiefs offense with nobody at wide receiver. So I know he can do it. I know he can do it, but it's a matter of how consistent he can be. Right. So, uh, so rounding out the Titans here with their draft, they picked up Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. Uh, Dylan Rad- Radun's offensive tackle from North Dakota State. Love those North Dakota guys. It's uh, <laughs> a fun round, name to say, North Dakota. Right. Uh, third round, Monty Rice, linebacker from Georgia. Third round comp pick, Elijah Molden, cornerback from Washington. Uh, fourth round from the Texans via the Panthers, Des Fitzpatrick, the wide receiver from Louisville. Uh, fourth round pick from the Packers, Rashad Weaver, defensive end from defensive end from Pitt. Round sixth, Racy McMath, wide receiver from LSU, and round six from the Chiefs, Brady Breeze, safety from Oregon. Um, I can tell you, I don't know a ton about any of those guys. I know Farley was was he the one that was kind of a boomer bust kind of pick because of some injury questions. Was that him? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's probably more so a question with uh, uh, for our boy, Brian. There was so, yeah, there's, I'm not good with draft. Outside of like the big time names, I kind of, I kind of fold a little bit, but. Yeah, I didn't, um, I'm not, I don't pay that much attention to that. Stuff no, either, I should pay more attention to college, but I, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it, it'll be an interesting year for them. Um, the probably the least and most interesting team in this fucking division is the Texans that I almost don't even want to talk about. Oh, I have them slated to be the first zero and seventeen team. I mean, they very well may be. Um, but I, I, I like what Houston's done this off season. I will give. Okay, I don't like how they've treated Deshaun Watson. Like the Sean Watson thing, I don't want to delve into um, too much. Uh, is he the? He's a top five quarterback in my opinion. I don't know what's going on with the sexual misconduct or harassment case. Um, I will say it does. You know, a lot of the stuff sounds a little fishy. Um, where you're openly like, hey, yeah, just pay us and we'll make this go away quietly. Like openly stating that is very weird. But it's not. It's not for me to say. Um, but yeah, Houston's. Their Sean Watson situation has been bad, but I've actually liked what they've done this offseason with trying to free up salary cap space, signing these veterans on very low one- and two-year deals. Um, they've done they've done all right for themselves. Yeah. Uh, just not reading off everything, but uh, no, don't. obviously. There's, there's not, we don't have enough time for that. No. There's been so many signings and transactions and uh, but crazy. Like, you know, the, the big ones being losing Watt, obviously. Um Resigning David Johnson, losing Nick Martin. I, I wouldn't consider Shaq Lawson a good signing, but I mean, he did okay when he was here. He did okay in Miami. Yeah. Um, uh, Randall Cobb going home. Uh, Christian Kirksey, who I, I've always liked Christian Kirksey as a linebacker, but he can't stay on the goddamn field. Right. Always uh, had that issue. Always. My, my boy, Tarad, going over there, who was slated to be a starting quarterback again until Watson showed up to camp. Yeah, from what I understand, though, they've been they haven't been putting Watson in at quarterback. I read somewhere that they're putting him in at safety, just lining him up at safety to do stuff. Like they're the they're letting Tarad get those first team reps. Yeah, my boy with uh, Mark Ingram, um, 
who I've always been a big fan of as a running back, and I think I like he kind of got. Move. I think he got a raw deal over in uh, Baltimore. I liked him. He and he was their guy. Yeah, and you know he was the guy in New Orleans. The problem is he's thirty-two, and he he took it like a pro. He took it like a pro. Yeah. I give him a lot of credit. Yeah, and he's a good six years beyond the downfall mark for running backs. So yeah, um, let's see here. Anything else? Will uh, Will Fuller going to the Dolphins? Yeah. yeah, that's that's tough. But he again couldn't stay on the field. For different, you know, when he was healthy, he was getting popped for uh, performance enhancing. Well, Wolf, the, last year would have been his first, I think, full year without injuries, and then he got popped for drugs. Yep. Ever, I will never, ever, 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 ever draft <laughs> draft Will Fuller in fantasy because every single year he'll have one or two awesome games, and then he's out for the rest of the season. Yep. Every single time. Yeah, I mean, it uh, seeing him. Like they were talking about him being like an X factor for them in the playoffs two years ago, or yeah, two years ago when the Bills played him in the first round, <clears throat> and like, like yeah, they don't know what to expect because he hasn't played all year. I'm like, great, and I think he got hurt in that game too, so that was that was definitely tough. Yeah, uh, yeah, and there's really not a ton. I mean, a lot of names, but uh, they brought over Philip Lindsay from the. Broncos. Who I don't hate, but another injury prone, another injury prone guy. I think Philip Lindsay is very, very good. Um, but again, it staying on the field has always been his biggest issue. You know, yeah. when the Broncos choose aging Melvin Gordon over you, there's there, there might be some issues, there might be some issues. And uh, the other. So I'm not again, that that list of names and, and transactions history was so long, but not a lot of like names. That you'd be like, oh, that dude. Oh, that dude. Oh, that dude. Yeah. Uh, but part of the reason they did it that way is because their draft was two third round picks, two fifth round picks. And a sixth round pick. Yeah. And to, and to show you how much of a train wreck this is, uh, round three, 67th overall, Davis Mills, cornerback from Stanford, quarterback from Stanford. Round three, from the Browns through the Panthers, Nico Collins, wide receiver from Michigan. Fifth round pick, 147th overall, Belvin Jordan, tight end from Miami, Florida. Round five, 170 from the Browns through the Jags and the Rams. Garrett Wallow, linebacker, TCU. And then round six, from the Cowboys through the Patriots, Roy Lopez, defensive tackle from Arizona. They only had two of their own draft picks. Yeah. Of the five that they had, no firsts, no seconds, no fourths, no sevenths. I can't believe how bad Bill O'Brien destroyed this team. Like, I, I'm curious if, like, did he start destroying the team on purpose because he knew he was on his way out? I don't know. Like, how do you think these are good moves? Especially, like, the people that they're trading. Right, like, and and for the value, right? It's like, it's you you move one of the best receivers in football, like probably like easily top five, probably top three for a second round to, pick in David Johnson, right? <sighs> Doesn't make any sense. Did they trade JJ Watt or did he go or did they, no? They, yeah, they, they let him go. They let him go. That's what it was. Yeah, they, like, hey. they they looked at him and said, "We're going to let you go. Go chase a ring." And he went to Arizona, and then he went to a team that might finish fourth in, in their division. <laughs> doesn't make any sense no. i love jj Watt, but that was i mean business wise great uh championship legacy wise i don't know about all that but um but yeah what it, it, it's been a it's been one of those years for houston it, another team who it's like damn dude two years ago like did casey really wreck them that bad 2019 postseason they were up 24 nothing on casey in the halftime or something like that and then Casey beat him by double digits in the second half. So some crazy thing like that. And it's just like, it's so, fr like, 
if you're a fan of those teams, like it's gotta be, it's, it's gotta be so frustrating. I mean, I'm frustrated as a Colts guy because we can't figure out our damn quarterback position, but you know, for Houston was a 10 and six, 11 and five team a couple years ago, like really, really good. Um, and, and I acknowledge that they were lucky to get past the Buffalo bills and that for that, that, that wild card round, um, very, very fortunate to, to, to make it, um, to make it into that second round to be able to play the chiefs. But my God, what a horrendous fall off. Right. Like how do you drop off a cliff like that while maintaining they've maintained a majority of the roster that like from 2019 to 2020, they maintained a lot and you fell off that bad. Are you kidding me? That is a cartoonish Wiley coyote hanging off the ledge, looking at the camera, holding up a sign and then falling. That's how hard they fell. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, that was terrible. I mean, the D hop trade was the, obviously the biggest one, but they maintained the, the rest of the roster and listen Deshaun Watson was still the passing yards leader last year, despite everything. And yeah. this team could not stop a cold. Like it De- was, it was, it, it was bad. Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the NFL. I, I think if you gave a, if a proper team, we would definitely see that when, you know, like, like we just said, 5,000 yards with Will Fuller playing half a season again, a little bit more than half and two up Brandon cooks. Who's been, I don't know why people still consider Brandon cooks, a wide receiver one. You kind of have to, at this point right. for Houston, but he's been bounced around the league. He's been bounced was- around the league so many times. How is that due to wide receiver one? Because they don't have anyone else. <laughs> they literally don't have anybody else. But he was like wide receiver one of the Rams. I think he was with the Patriots for a little. Was he with the Patriots for a little bit? Uh, yes, I believe he was. I, I think he was for like a season or two. You know, this dude's been bounced around a bit. And Watson still like he elevated guys. And like he lost two two games. He should he should have swept the Colts. He should have yeah. swept the Colts. He lost in the red zone both times, final moments of the game, and he's just like, dude, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. He was so frustrated. It was depressing. It's depressing to see. It is. You know, you know it, it, listen, if the Deshaun Watson, if all the allegations stuff like are, are, are true, screw him. He's a piece of crap. But if it's not, like, I, I sympathize for this dude so much who's had a tumultuous, tumultuous year. I, I sympathize and, with Deshaun Watson, the football player, not necessarily Deshaun Watson, the person. Right. So, right. I, you, I yeah. If you get separate, if you could separate the two, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very important thing, um, which I typically can, which I typically can, you know, this guy, it, you don't see too many franchise guys go to a team, get offered tons of money and then just not want to be there anymore. Like you, you rarely ever see that. Yeah. It, it takes a lot. It takes a couple contracts to, to really like, nah, I don't want to do this with, with you guys anymore. Right. That, that rarely ever happens. Tom Brady took 20 years before he's like, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go to Tampa Bay. Yeah. I want to take my, my voodoo witch doctor and my <laughs> tight end and I go to Tampa. Yeah. So, but well, that, uh, that about wraps up the division preview. And I'm going to ask you the same question. I ask everybody who does this with me, give me your placement finishes for this division. Oh, Christ almighty. Um, I wish you asked me this a week ago, but I don't at the same time. So, uh, after everything that we've talked about, Houston's the easy fourth place team. I think Jacksonville is a third place team. Um, if Carson Wentz is good to go this season, I think the Colts can be one. If he's not, I think they're between two. I, I think they're probably a, a two. I think it's, it's going to be a two horse race between Tennessee and the Colts again at the top. But um, 
like I said, the quarterback situation is the most important. You can have one of the best rosters. Uh, Carson is the biggest variable right now in, in his health. And unless there's some kind of splash trade, which I don't see there being, I think they're going to roll with Eason and, and, and Ellinger and, and, and uh, what's his name. So um, I'll go right now, current situation. I'll go I'll, just because I'm sure you want to top the bottom. I'll go Tennessee Colts, uh, Jacksonville, Texas, even though in my heart, I want the Colts to win, but I just want to be honest at this point. I understand. I, uh, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think, I think this is Tennessee's division to lose. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to shake it up a little bit. I'm going to go Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indy, Houston, and only because Indy doesn't have a quarterback currently. Right. Uh, and like yeah. I said, this could change by the time this episode releases and we could sound silly, but because um, we don't know what the diagnosis is with Carson Wentz, but it's, I know how the Colts have been about injury reports and I'm not elated right now. I have a, I have a $100 Carson Wentz Jersey hanging up in my uh, studio space bought with, uh, with, with Biden money. And, uh, and I, that's the only reason why I bought it. So, uh, it, it might be a very rare Jersey to kind of have. So I might, I might have to be looking for a, a fifth new quarterback Jersey, uh, in the coming season. I might right. have to be, uh, that that's definitely a tough one, man. And I, and I definitely feel for you on that. So, <laughs> yeah, I, no, uh, listen, I guess, you know, it, Bill's fans have experienced that. So I appreciate the, uh, you know, that, 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 that feeling. I really, truly do. Cause it's, it's, it's tough. It, like when you like, you grew up in the nineties, nineties Colts, right. With the nineties, two thousands Colts, then to have everything that's transpired over the last decade happen. It's like, wow, we felt hard. This is, I'm like, this is what it probably was like being a 49ers fan of the two thousands post Steve young and Joe Montana, you know, I like I'm like every other team now, and it's 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 weird. It's very it's very strange. <laughs> I'm just like everyone else. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a hard, it's a tough pill to swallow. A little bit. Um, well, I'll uh, this is I'm going to give you this time. Plug your uh, plug your shows. Talk about the stuff, and uh, that'll that'll just about do it for us. Sure thing. Well, first and foremost, Bud, thanks for having me on for this. I really appreciate it. Um, this was a lot of fun. I always like to connect. I know I'm busy as heck, so. Anytime you can make, you know, open up for me to kind of be on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I host a lot of podcasts, the two point conversation, which is six days a week right now. Uh, Colts fans and bills land with drops, which drops every Tuesday uh, network sports talk show, which uh, Joss is also a part of uh, that drops once a month at the end of the month. Also host panel discussion, comic book talk, uh, retro pop, which is pop culture stuff biweekly with my friend, Johnny Townsend. And, uh, Eat sleep. Oh Jesus! Eat sleep list, which is a show about making just top ten lists. Uh, section six. Oh my God! No wonder why my wife hates me. Section six wrestlecast, which is seasonal high school wrestling stuff here in Western New York. And uh, I feel like there's one. <laughs> I think there's one more. I think I'm joining up with the show soon. So yeah, I'm oh, supposed boy. to join up with another show soon. So um, that that's lost one of its hosts. So oh my God, I hate myself. Uh, so, yeah, so that's my life. Uh, you can find all those on our network website, BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Google Podcasts and Amazon Music. So, Right on, right on. And, uh, you know, kind of 
kind of did it for me. So, like I said, uh, hats or like he said, hats, hats, and hats is on the BICBP radio network. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, I promise, if you Google hats, hats, and stats, we're the only thing that shows up because it's weird, and I like it that way. So. Uh, <laughs> Also, stay tuned and check out the uh, my newest project with Austin the Statman from Hat Stats and Stats called The Producers, yes. where we sit down and just talk about uh, movies. It's not your not your normal uh, movie review podcast. Our uh, episode one will be about Mrs. Doubtfire, so we're going to touch all all genres from all eras and kind of go all over the place with it. So, looking forward to that dropping and starting that, uh, Mister Maverick Matt the podcast king of Western New York. Thank you for joining me. This has been another episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats, and we will catch you guys next week. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Big O Ceiling. Ceiling and coating blacktop driveways for over 25 years. Give them a call at 716-603-9855 for a free estimate today.